It was about five years ago that the first Somali children in my community began coming to school in my class. I knew that I needed to be able to relate across culture and religion to have an authentic relationship with these children and their families. I was fortunate that both Ismahan and Ferdos wanted such a relationship as well. It was easy to be curious and interested in having personal conversations, not just the typical parent-teacher communication. About a year later, I began to realize and question myself as to why I was more comfortable and even sought out a broader relationship with Somali families, but had never done so with the families of the African-American children. I had not consciously realized the extent to which institutional racism was a part of my assumptions, practices, discomfort, and fear. I didn't even think of my Somali families as black. They're Somali. It was at this time that both here at church and at my school, the work of understanding white privilege, racism, and what is racial equity and justice began for me. White privilege is not an abstract concept for me. The Oberly family directly benefited from the systematic removal of the Dakota Sioux off their lands in the Mankato area just south of the Twin Cities. At the age of 10, my great-grandmother walked into town to watch the mass execution of 38 Dakota men in 1862. And while it is believed that my great-grandfather bought the family farmland in the 1880s from a white man who had purchased it directly from Native peoples, I am the descendant of successful farmers who went on to send their children to college. I have a textbook understanding of racism can identify its effects and see it around me. But racial equity and justice, I have come to appreciate, requires much more of me. I have been rather cautiously examining issues of power and privilege, values and beliefs, our church's journey with racial justice, as I suspect some of you have been. It was at this point that Eric said he wanted to go to Selma for the 50th commemoration of the March for Voting Rights and he wanted me to go with him. My first thought was, no, <laughs> that's your thing. I was ambivalent, did not feel I had the right to go. But there was something significant to being asked to go with rather than to come to. I think I understood and hoped that for Eric and I to be there together with others from this church, meeting UUs from all over the US, it was going to help me clarify how racial justice would shape how I live moving forward. I was nervous and scared to go. A few days before leaving, Reverend Ruth, who was also participating, invited those going to connect. I needed help in breaking through feeling so small. But the time we said, see you in Selma, I was no longer going to Selma, but rather we were going to Selma. Me, Eric, the group, our ministers, First Universalist Church. It is this we that challenges, invites, calls us to our best selves, our most human selves, our deepest spiritual selves. It is here, the connection and community we are part of here at First Universalist Church that will sustain me on this journey. May personal relationships and community sustain all of us on this journey.
Come, let us worship together. <laughs> 